Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Thorn in My Side. I'm here today with my co-host as always, Ismaya Brown. Hey, that's me. How are you doing today, guy? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing alright. I'll have to say that this is the third podcast that I've recorded today because I went on a little marathon i guess i went over to a good friend's house spencer sellins who is the host of the podcast tangents it's he says it's not a math podcast but i always say it's a math podcast but it's totally not a math podcast i've been on there a couple times recorded an episode of that with him and we also we all three actually sat down and watched a movie and did then did I've mentioned Kevin Heisinger's Midnight Movie Night podcast on here before and then we recorded an episode of that. Now, what we watched, however, was like it it's it's a timeless classic, I guess you could say. And it's a Disney movie. So, we watched Song of the South. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I guess it's controversial. I mean, yeah, because, yeah, you know. But anyway, we watched it and recorded an episode on that, and it was funny about the way he came by the movie because he said he was, like, going thrifting in Yuba, and he came to a place that had DVDs, and I guess the guy took him in the back and took this out of a vault with some other movies. He's like, I've got this. He's like, hey, guy, you want to come in the back with me? And he's like, not really. It's but where, uh... it's, Yeah, it's like, it's where we keep all the good stuff. <laughs> and he's like, we got Song of the South. And he's like, probably got like a fucking whole room filled with nothing but bootleg Song of the South DVDs. And he just keeps one in this freaking uh, safe back here just so he could bring people back that are thrifting to, uh, you know, be like, oh, wow, I should buy that. And he's got like a fucking whole room full of them, like stacked yeah, to the just, goddamn ceiling. He's just like it's 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 an easy trick, but it works every time. That's the, you know that's the draw I, of his business. You know, I haven't actually seen that movie with adult eyes. I remember watching it when I was a kid, I, but I, I do too. That's what I was telling them because they had never seen it before today, and I was like, man, I remember watching that as a kid. Yeah, because I I remember like. As I was like, my favorite part is with uh, Briar Rabbit and the Tar Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Cause... I, I I saw it in school. They Yes, I think that's where I saw it too. They showed it to us in school, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we went I went to Pulaski Elementary and we had we would have like movie days where everybody would go to the gym and you like it would be the whole school in the gym and I think you paid like a nickel or a quarter or something like that. 50 cents, maybe. I don't remember exactly. And they and gave, gave you a Pepsi Cola and a Moon Pie, and you got to watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what they did. And we got to watch that movie. And so, um, well, that and we, what else did we watch? We watched that, uh, the one about the cat and the two dogs that were going home. Uh, homeward. homeward Bound. Yeah, oh, Homeward my Bound. fucking God. I was like... I was thinking either that one, there's another one called Milo and Otis. And oh my God, that, that movie traumatized me. That movie, 
I found out interesting facts about that movie. They killed a shit ton of animals filming that movie because it was fun. It was filmed in Japan because I was sitting around one night and I had the funny thought. I'm like, you know what? I bet the I bet the stars of Milo and Otis are dead now because they're fucking animals. Of course they're dead. But then I look, I Googled it and I apparently I think the article that I read, if I remember right, said they killed something like 23 cats and at least three pugs. Oh my God. Like there's a scene where they throw a kitten off the cliff and they actually throw a fucking kitten off a cliff. And that's how they got that shot by murdering a cat. Okay. That is now that movie from your child. I just ruined a movie from your childhood. Didn't I? It was already ruined for me because of the birth scene. Oh, I don't remember the birth scene. Was that not the... Maybe that's not the movie, but I just remember, like, at some point, one of the animals giving birth? I don't know. All I know is Milo and Otis was about a little a little tabby kitten and... And a, and a, a pug, and yeah. And a pug, yeah. And they were, like, you know, palling around, trying to make it home or something like that. And there's one part in the movie where the pug fights a bear, and that actually happened they had a pug fight a bear and i think that's where they lost one of the pugs yeah so there is a birth scene in milo and otis okay that's like that's that's crazy though like that's i don't know i don't know why i thought that was a funny premise for a joke that the that like it's super sad that the heroes to milo and otis are probably dead now and then i looked did research on it was like holy fuck they killed that many cats of course they were dead they were dead before the movie even came out this this movie was built upon the graves of small animals exactly it's like the fucking like you end up watching it You watch it and you get a fucking phone call and it's just like seven days. This (laughs) movie killed more cats in a day in in a shoot than the SP. What is that place called? The SPCA or whatever. I don't fucking know. Does it? You know. (laughs) Here, I'll say something controversial. Uh, That movie killed more animals than PETA does every year. Exactly, because Peta. We were talking about how Peta was garbage too, but fuck them. We're not gonna. We're gonna give them play on the podcast unless you want to sponsor us, Peta. Yeah, they can hire someone to burn down their veterinary clinic. Um. So, oh, Peta's so gonna come after us. Uh. So we no no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're pro, actually very pro animals. Yeah, I have I have multiple animals walking around my house now. All of them, all of them have never been fed, not one day in their entire life, and they will tell you about it every time you greet them. <laughs> Even though their bowls, their bowls are completely full. <laughs> it's like the food that he buys us is not to our liking. Exactly, exactly. Tiga used to fight me. For um, Doritos and fucking uh, ginger snap cookies, she oh, was just wow. like, she's like, no, I have to have that. I was like, do I, do I just put Mountain Dew in your bowl now? Is that like how we live? <laughs> it's like, give me some Code Red. I know you got that Diet Code Red in there. <laughs> oh, I remember we used to drink two liters and two liters of that stuff. You know what? I have a gripe with the Code Red people. Okay, give us your gripe. This That's what originally what the podcast idea was going to be about, griping about stuff. With griping about shit that yeah. makes us angry. All right, so I you know, I used to drink two liters of Code Red, and then they stopped 
having the two leaders of Code Red in our area. Yeah. And they went to cans only. And um, I, I prefer to drink it out of the two liter because if it's in a can form, I will just chug them one after the other oh, after the other God, after yeah. the other That's they're the, so yeah they're I, so easy to drink yes exactly i 100 percent agree with you i'm the same way with canned drinks it's like you can kind of ration it out a better if it's in a big two liter you can see what exactly you're working with you're like okay i need to need to make this last this is one big drink but when you got that small can it's so cold and you want to drink it while it's like refreshingly cold and exactly. You end up just fucking slamming that shit. It's the same thing with like drinking beers, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. When you have when you have a beer that's in a glass that you poured yourself, like you you drink it a lot slower than if you're just drinking it. I think from a can because in the can you're just like chug chug chug. Okay, yeah. next beer. Just like so they stopped doing the two liters. Yeah, exactly. So they stopped doing the two liters, and it was like a number one selling item according to the guy that I talked to that worked for PepsiCo. He was like, yeah, yeah, it was like one of our number one sellers and they just stopped selling it here in this region, but they still sell it in other, you know, in other regions like in Tennessee and shit. And I'm just huh. like, I want to call foul. I want to call foul. It makes me fucking angry. And also, also, also our area doesn't get flavored Cokes anymore. What? We, we don't get the, you remember like they used to have like ginger Coke and, or ginger diet Coke and uh, blueberry diet Coke and shit like that. They don't have them here anymore. Oh, wow. They don't have flavored tobacco here in Sacramento where I live. What? Because they, bl- they banned flavored tobaccos in, like, the county of Sacramento. You have to drive in. You can't get menthol. You can't get any, like, grape blunts or, you know, swishers or anything like that. They totally, like, banned all that stuff. And it's they say it's because those flavors entice children to smoke. No, they fucking taste good when you put your goddamn weed in a fucking peach blunt wrap, you motherfucker. Come on, Newsom. Gavin I fucking mean, Newsom. He's I mean I can see I can see where I can see where that would make maybe be a little bit more addictive than like if it tastes like peach and you're and you're getting all this like tobacco goodness, yeah. like you don't realize that you're being a you know, hooked on tobacco. Yeah, when you're all probably obviously already putting drugs in it. If you're smoking cigars like that, right? Not doing smoke, doing drugs, putting weed in it. I don't know what the fuck you're doing to your life because blunts are the shit. But next year, I'm uh, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna try to take a year off of everything. I'm gonna hold myself to a higher standard and just I don't know, clean my act up. We'll say. See if I can do it. You know what I mean. You're gonna clean your act up, and then like, and then like, you had the raunchiest like comedian, like the raunchiest joke career, like ever. Uh, You're like, I'm not on drugs, but I will, I will talk about those blowjob machines in the Barnes and Noble bathroom. Oh, dude, did I sent you that in Messenger the other day about people throwing stuff? Segway. Yeah, stuff at people. (laughs) We can talk about that. People, somebody had sent that in a chat about um, fucking people throwing apples at, was it a Christian group at Barnes and Noble? Yeah, I think I sent you the picture of it after the fact. Yeah, and it's so funny. It's like clearly our podcast has reached them. They now know about... Yeah, they fucking found out what goes on inside Barnes and Noble and like, like, did you see the picture that I sent you? It says, I, I, it says, I did. it says, like, I'm gonna read the. It says, warning, and then it says, fudge packers, lesbos, penis lovers, perverts, feminists, Catholics, trannies, 
loud women, drunks, what is masturbators, sluts, and whoremongers burn in hellfire, repent, obey Jesus. People you know what? Okay, so these people outside of here, but that that fucking sign is out there, and that yeah, that sign is crazy. That was what you know what for, but at the same time, but, it's kind of hilarious. But you know what? That to me makes it sound like hell's going to be really fun. What do like, they have against people that fucking package fudge and ship it? I mean, I, fudge is delicious. I don't know. What do they it's, have it's, against hardworking fucking Americans who fucking sit there and they stand on an assembly line and they put fudge in boxes all day and they ship it out and they make people fucking happy. They're bringing happiness to the world. That's exactly what I think. Too. And you know what? We need to stand up for fudge packers everywhere. It, fudge packers. Don't forget the penis lovers. You, we, we have the penis lovers too. We gotta, we've got to speak out for the penis lovers. It's okay to love penis. Uh, perverts. I mean, some perverts are okay. I can't get on board with all perverts now, but the Catholics, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm they're sus. I'm, they're, Catholics are yeah, sus. Yeah, I'm like, I can get behind on on that one maybe, but feminists, I don't know. Feminism, does it even exist? Is it real? Definitely is real. It's <laughs> definitely a thing that exists. Okay, but trannies <laughs> are those real? Is that is that's because that's another thing they're warning. They're warning all these people that they're going to burn in hellfire. Drunk, you know, man, I bet half of those people holding the sign. Are, are, oh God, yeah, they're probably drunk holding the sign up. Um, so you know, here's the thing. Uh, I really love it when religious groups come together and they're like, "You can't do this thing because we say you can't do this thing," and I'm like. One, who makes you the authority? And two, uh, who are you to tell me what the fuck I can and can't do? Yeah. So, as you know, I kind of have a beef with churches. Yeah. Not not religion. I'm if if you want to be religious, religion. right? It, organized religion, to a degree, I feel is. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't express my views here. It's like a but, big book club with a bunch of people that wants to hear some old dude read them a fucking book that they could read themselves and interpret for themselves. But instead, they go in there and they let this other person just put the fucking this book through their filter and they just eat it up because... Well, it says it in the book. It's like shepherds, man. Shepherds shepherding sheep. That's all that they are. They're a bunch of sheep. I mean... they. Well, and that's, that's, you just hit the nail on the head. Like I say this a lot. It's like a lot, a lot of the, a lot of these churches are like a giant book club that nobody's read the book. Yeah. it's And, like, and they, they go around and they're just like, I really like, if you, if you even ask them about specific parts of the Bible, they just like, they have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Now I want, I'm looking at this sign again and I want to know more about what do they have against loud women? Now, I mean, are okay, they now talking about funny. women that talk loud? Are they like freaking... Or women that like maybe wear too much makeup or like women that dress inappropriately or not... I don't want to say inappropriately, but like they dress like what they would consider to be inappropriately. Like, uh, like, like what exactly is a quote-unquote loud woman and why is that bad? Because personally... I don't know. To all the women, to to none of the women apparently that listen to this podcast. Yeah, only guys listen to this. Podcast. Only only guys listen to this podcast. But if there are women out there listening to this podcast, I want to say this right now: you be as loud as fuck. You be, be as loud. loud as you want to be. Loud and fucking proud. hold people to rights. 
uh, to to all the women out there, to all the people out there, just be, be loud, be, be louder, yourself. be louder than a rainbow with a megaphone. Exactly, that's me. I am the rainbow with the megaphone. I have to organize the parade all by myself. <laughs> now let's get to these drunks and masturbators, which I know we we probably fall okay. Into the so song, but, uh, I fall into the at least that to- those two topics. Maybe I am. I'm not most, super drunk. But... I'm like most of these things that they hate. I, I'm like most of these things that they hate. Uh, masturbators, like, really? <laughs> I'm Episcopalian. Oh, I don't know what that it's, is. It's, ca- it's Catholic light, all of the sin, half the guilt. Don't they call um, them whiskey palians? Yeah, whiskey palians. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, like masturbation, like you're really against it. Like masturbation is like, one, it's good Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it feels good. But it's also good for your body. Really? And yeah, studies prove that it's it's really good for your body. And Too much is probably bad, though. Well, too much of anything is 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 <laughs> too much of anything is bad for you, I think. But um, but but the thing is, is like it's also like the most healthy way that you can express sexual desire by yourself. Does yes, that make sense? That, that's true. Yeah, most definitely. I don't see what they have, what the problem they have with anything. Sluts and whoremongers. I mean, aren't those the same things? Well, isn't a whoremonger someone who would like, like, okay, so like a monger, isn't that something, someone that gathers something? So like, do they gather sluts? I don't. Is it talking about pimps? Because they could have just said pimps. I'm going to Google what whoremongers means because I'm, uh, <laughs> the whoremongers. I'm going to get a. Maybe that's people who want whores. Whoremongers. It... A person who has dealings with prostitutes, especially a sexually promiscuous man. Why didn't you just say fucking pimps, you Fucking stupid! Fucks. I think they mean. I think they mean the people who buy no, the quote unquote whores. Like has dealings with prostitutes. Maybe like I guess John. The people who purchase. Yeah, okay. the Johns. Yeah, the. Well, they probably don't like pimps either, though. Well, I'm yeah, sure I mean, they don't like anybody well dressed and, <laughs> and well dressed and with good business sense. Exactly, um, well dressed with good business sense. You couldn't have said so, it better myself. So you know. I, personally, I I don't get this. Like, okay, so here's the here's my belief. This is my belief on this, and and this is all I'm going to say on it. So long as what you do does not infringe on another person or person's personal freedom, it doesn't hurt anyone, and you're not being a piece of shit, go for it. Like, if if you're out there and you are living a living like. A responsible life where you are able to take care of yourself and those around you and you're not letting these things like become addictions or you're not letting these things rule your life or control your life i'm all for the masturbators i'm all for the sluts i'm all for the whoremongers i'm all for all of that i think that you should be able to live your life the way that you want to live your life without another group telling you that you are wrong for it unless of course you are hurting someone else in the process of living your life, at which point you should be held to rights. Exactly. But I do see this other sign in the background that just, it kind of, it kind of tickles me a little bit. It says, hell is hot. Don't be a thought. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts and prayers. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and players. The strip club slash church. So. Where you can go worship some ass. (laughs) Uh, you know, and I have done that in my past. I have worshipped 
some ass and 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 I've had worse first. So call me Greg. So anyway, <laughs> I <laughs> and buy me no tours of Italy. Uh <laughs> tours of Italy. Oh my god. Call back. <laughs> what episode was that? Was that episode 4? I think Oh, I, man. I, have I love no it when idea. we do the callbacks to the previous episode. That's the first callback of this episode, I believe. First callback of this episode, yeah. First callback, but we were talking about fucking these people was... who obviously needed to have their fucking apples thrown at them. Knock some sense <laughs> into them. You uh, know, and that's such a that's such a kind punishment. It's like, look, we're going to throw these things at you, and then later on, you have a snack. Why? <laughs> like, so... I'm going to uh, segue into our next thing that I was wanting to talk to you about. Sure. Something that it's it's interesting to me. I'm going to go ahead and share screen on this so you can see it and play this video. But it is freaking okay. I'm going to preface this all. You've heard of Floyd Mayweather, right? Floyd yes. Money Mayweather. You've heard of Logan Paul, right? Oh, God, yeah. Unfortunately. So... Logan Paul wait, has wait, challenged what? Floyd Mayweather to an oh, exhibition match. Oh, he's going match. to get his shit yes. punched in. Is, oh, my go, God. Is, Where do I pay for oh this? Oh, my God. Dude, I'll tell you. I saw his, who Logan Paul, he fought that uh, basketball player, dude. I watched that match because I watched that fucking Tyson fight. And all that was was two middle-aged black men hugging for fucking 16 minutes. I mean, I like hugs. I mean, it, it was it wasn't an impressive fight between Tyson right. and Jones, but I have to say that the freaking the low. I think it was Logan Paul. I don't think it was Jake Paul that fought. I I could be wrong. Whichever fucking Paul brother, the terrible human beings that they are, they're actually right. kind of good at fighting. He he fucking worked dude over. He knocked him the fuck out, man. It was. Uh, so you're saying that this could be an equal fight? No, 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 not against Mayweather. Let's see what they have to say about it. That, it. that the best thing a fighter can do for himself is flip the paradigm. What do I mean by that? For years, for the, really the history of boxing. Beat old women? Is that? Is <laughs> Fans and networks exploit fighters. Right? We want to see them in great fights. What does that mean? It means we want to see them tested. So, what does I that don't mean? think this is going to be a great fight. Do no, I don't. This doesn't sound like a great fight. If you're going to flip the paradigm, just have the fighters challenge the billionaires. Let's see how... Yeah, well, I'm sure, like, Floyd Money Mayweather's got a good bit of money. But I don't see this ending well for fucking Logan Paul. This is Was like that Logan that, Paul there on the... Was that him on the left? Yes. On that screen? That was Logan Paul. Wow, he's a lot more buff than I thought he would be. Oh, I mean, he's like trained to to fight, but he's just sure. Like, you know, he's challenging a undefeated legend. Yeah, no, he no. has he has not lost a fight, a single fight. If if Logan Paul is guilty of anything, I would say that it is of stepping out of his depth. I don't think that he really. But you know what? If this he, is a publicity stunt. If he like clearly, if he pulls this shit off, he's been doing like exhibition boxing matches like that. He fought like another YouTuber, something KSI or whatever, uh, years or so ago. But like then he fought the basketball player. It was either him or his brother. I'm gonna have to look that up. But I'm not gonna right now because I don't care. Because we're talking about Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather now because that's just. 
How many how many punches do you think? I don't know, but which which one of the Paul brothers was it that found the fucking that's recorded? I the think dead that guy no, I, that was Logan Paul. That I was believe. Logan. Well, this is his suicide forest right here because ah, I do not see this ending well for him at all. No, 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 no. I mean, no. he's he's wasn't he wasn't his mansion like raided recently, like during a COVID party or something like that? I have I remember no I saw it on the news. Like he was. It's possible he does all kinds of stupid shit. Like, I don't know. This is like one of the more sensible things that he has done. But when you, at the okay, same so when you challenge a boxing legend as being like quote unquote, and you're it, clearly out of your depth, that's sensible. Like, eh, I mean, sensible than some of the other shit that he's done. I'm okay, sure. well, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That was a. I don't even know why I showed that clip because they didn't talk about shit we we just talked about it for them because they were just gonna say some bullshit about exploiting fighters i think fucking logan paul has a suicide wish because mayweather is gonna work him over i want to see the fight to be perfectly yeah, honest I, I, and, I, I and wanna, that and that is exactly, exactly why. why yeah, yeah that's why but here's the thing like okay so Maybe Logan Paul realizes how Logan Paul is perceived and he knows that people want to watch him get the shit beat out of him. That's true. I mean, he he does have one of those personalities. But, yeah, I I got my money on Mayweather. Cause oh, yeah, no, I like mean. 100% if you don't, like, it'd be crazy if he did some shit like people you can't bet on exhibition fights i don't think you can't bet legally on them i don't believe right if if that's incorrect message me comment whatever but yeah i speaking I of know. comments are we going are, are is this going to be our first episode on youtube no i haven't even we remember i have to get the we have to get the logo and the oh and right yeah right. i wanted to get yeah, the logo and the uh who 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 well, hey, I've been. I, I'll put the. I'll, die, 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 we're gonna, gonna die. Gotta mention the corn jug hobos. I, it, I, it I will. I will do the do the thing when we I, record. I feel like Logan Paul's gonna get some corn jug hobos when he oh, fights yeah, Mayweather. He's, like, like he's going to he's going to get punched, and the wings from the fucking Beretta will just sprout out the side of his head, and there will be a <laughs> there will be a hobo on each with their respective corn jugs. Yes. Oh. And each of the hobos has like one wing each. I don't know. That's stupid. <laughs> each of the hobos have one wing each because Floyd Mayweather fucking knocked him off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. What else? There's something else that I found out this week. You know, what did the, you find out? The, the Zodiac Killer. Yes. His, oh his my God. Yes. Most, uh, the, the most untrackable cipher has been solved. Now that is exciting news. That I, is. I, you know what would be really funny is if they 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 take this time fifty one years to crack this, and then afterwards it's just like a like a grocery list. Yes, I was thinking that myself. But you, I, I can read it because I have it pulled up here. Please, go, I'll, by all means, I'll read it and, it and it reads as, "I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me." That wasn't me on the TV show. Which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise, which he spells P E R A D I C E, all the sooner because 
I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. Spelled again incorrectly. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death. So I, I might be inferring here, but it sounds to me like he's, thought that by killing people he would be sending them ahead of him to work for him in the afterlife i guess so like he was harvesting souls to do something for him in the afterlife i don't know that's what it that's what it sounds like yeah. so but they never that, caught that's bonkers him. they never caught him he's like the one serial killer that or maybe they did catch him and they didn't know that that is so scary. That is so scary. I don't remember. I think it might have been maybe the Night Stalker. Don't quote me on this. But speaking of serial killers, I just remember a story um, that one of my friends told me that there was a woman who um, had been. He, this guy was breaking into homes and basically killing these women. You know when they got home, and she had basically taken too long to get home or whatever. And she found a note that was like, you know, you better be glad you didn't come home or something like that. Or you should be glad that you weren't here because I was or something like that. And like she apparently she just gotten held up and that was the only thing that saved her life. Yeah. And that's to think to think about that. That's so chilling. Like you come home to a place that, you know, that you obviously you feel the most safe in or should feel the most safe in. Yeah. And then there's just some monster waiting for you. That that is that just terrifies me on so many levels. That that is, but that got me thinking about some local serial killers cuz I'm in Sacramento now and there's been two serial killers here apparently. There was the Sacramento Vampire who is Richard Chase which he was he was crazy because he killed people and drank their blood. That's why they called him a vampire. Okay. <laughs> Shockity shock shock. Shock but then shock, yeah. There's like this nut other one. There's this old lady, Dorothy Puente. She would like rent rooms out to people and kill them, and I think she buried them in her backyard. Now that's interesting. Now so, did she po- did was she a poisoner? Um, let's, I'll read about the murders. I have the Wikipedia. I'll just, re- let me read her background and stuff. I have it up on uh, Wikipedia. So I'll read that for you. This, you can find this on Wikipedia if you don't want to listen to it. But Puente was born Dorothea Helen Gray on January 9th, 1929 in Redlands, California to Trudy May and Jesse James Gray. She had a traumatic upbringing. Her parents were both alcoholics. Her mother was a sex worker, and her father attempted suicide in front of her. Wow. Wow. Her father died of tuberculosis in 1937 when she was eight, and her mother died in a car accident the following year when she was nine. She was sent to an orphanage where she was sexually abused. In 1945, Gray was married for the first time at the age of 16, holy shit, to a soldier named Fred McFowl. That's a foul right there, buddy. You're fucking marrying a 16-year-old? Yeah. Come on now. Flag on the play. He just returned from the Pacific Theater of World War II. Gray had two daughters between 1946 and 48, but she sent one to live with relatives in Sacramento, and Joe 
Oh, wait. God damn it. I hate that. Oh. Gray was sentenced to a year in jail for, for forging checks. My brain just like, I can't read sometimes, I guess, seriously. But she was paroled for six months afterwards, soon afterwards became pregnant by a man she barely knew and gave birth to a daughter whom she placed for adoption in 1952. She married a Swede named Axel Johansson and had a turbulent 14-year marriage. Holy crap, that's just, that's not even halfway through with her background. She sounds like she had a lot of pent-up rage. Yeah, now it says in the 60s she was arrested for owning and managing a brothel and was sentenced to 90 days in the Sacramento County Jail. Now, after her release, she was arrested again, this time for vagrancy and sentenced to another 90 days in jail, which basically it's like, why not if you're vagrant, you know? I mean, yeah, three square meals a day and a roof over your head. But following that, Gray began a criminal career that over time became more serious. She found work as a nurse's aide, caring for disabled and elderly people in private homes. In a short time, she started to manage boarding houses. Gray had divorced Joe Hansen in 1966 and married Roberto Puente, a man 19 years her junior in Mexico City. The marriage lasted two years. Shortly after it ended, Dorothea Puente took over a three-story, 16-bedroom care home at 2100 F Street in Sacramento. Now, this is near me. I could probably walk over here and check this out and take pictures of it. Now, that'd be awesome. Maybe you'd get some, like, interesting ghosty pictures. Yeah, but she would. Uh, she started to spend time in local bars looking for older men who were receiving benefits. Puente <laughs> would forge their signatures to steal their money, and she was caught and charged with 34 counts of treasury fraud for which she received probation now that's just her background now we we can get into the murders now some if you want to are you are you scared i'm i'm spoopy right now spoopy okay we're gonna move on to the murders then the murders the murders murders she murdered we're we'll, we'll try not to make fun of the victims but i can't make any promises no i won't make fun of the victims that's rude but anyway Puente's reputation at the F Street boarding house was mixed. Some tenants resented her. Some people were like, she's a really good person to live for. The other people were like, she murdered me. <laughs> exactly. That's a mixed review if I ever heard it. Some tenants resented her stingingness and complained that she refused to give them their mail or money. Others praised her for small acts of kindness or for her generous homemade meals. Her motives for killing tenants were financial, with police estimates of her ill-gotten <laughs> income totaling more than $5,000 per month, and that's still her, barely enough to live in fucking California. No, I'm her, kidding. <laughs> her, no, you, I mean, you're, you're not. And so her, her, her like square meals is like the secret ingredient is poison. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mm, this is good, Dorothy. What did you put in here? Poison. Just a drop of poison. Oh. You'll be vomiting up later. <laughs> okay, so 
The murders began shortly after Puente began renting out space in the home at 1426 F Street in April 1982. Holy shit, yes. the year after I was born. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. 61-year-old Ruth Monroe began living with Puente in her upstairs apartment, but soon died from an overdose of codeine and acetaminophen. She's on that lane. Damn. <laughs> Frickin' Puente told police that the woman was very depressed because her husband was terminally ill. They believed her and ruled the incident as a suicide. So that's probably not a suicide. So I mean, codeine is one of those things where... now I, I, I mean, it's killed a lot of rappers. Yeah, well, I, here's the thing. Like, I am a fan of codeine. Um, Maybe the lady was a rapper. <laughs> she was an aspiring rapper. I, I like. I'm a fan of it. I think it should be used to treat depression. Honestly, it makes me feel wonderful. But I can understand how people would have a you know an addiction to it. Yeah. So that's why Narcol exists. <laughs> so a few weeks later, the police were back after a 74 year old pensioner named Malcolm McKenzie, one of four elderly people Puente was accused of drugging, accused Puente of drugging and stealing from him. So, she was convicted of three charges of theft on August 18, 1982, and sentenced to five years in jail, where she began corresponding with a 77-year-old retiree living in Oregon named Everson Gilmouth. They developed a pen pal friendship, and when Puente was released in 1985 after serving just three years of her sentence, he was waiting for her in a red 1980 Ford pickup truck. Oh, man. I used to drive a red pickup truck around the, the field. Brings back memories, but not of murder. So their relationship, Or does it? Ooh, or does it? Their relationship developed quickly, and the couple was soon making wedding plans. I mean, you're, let, let's circle back to this for a second. The plot that you used to live on was 666. What? Wasn't it? I don't think so, no. Yeah, you told me this years ago. Wait, what plot? The plot that your farm was on was like plot 666. I don't know, maybe. I know that's the not the street address there. I'm no, that's not the street address. It was just like the, the like the plot, like for the something for like the county something. It was plot six 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 because you were proud of it. You were just like, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that, but maybe I maybe it's some weird Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> Great! Now I'm misremembering my friendships. It happened. First the Berenstein Bears and now then. <laughs> so in November of 1985, Puente hired Ishmael Flores to install some wood paneling in her apartment for his labor and an additional $800. Puente gave him a red 1980 Ford pickup in good condition, which she stated belonged to her boyfriend in Los Angeles who no longer needed it. She asked Flores to build a six by three by two foot box to store books and other items. She then asked Flores to transfer, transport the file nailed shut box to a storage depot. Flores agreed and Puente joined him. 
On the way, she told him to stop while they were on Garden Highway in Sutter County and dump the box on the riverbank in an unofficial household dumping site. Puente told him the contents of the box were just junk, and on January 1st, 1986, a fisherman spotted the box sitting about three feet from the bank of the river and informed police. Now, investigators found a badly decomposed and unidentifiable body of an elderly man inside, and Puente continued to collect Everson Gilmouse's pension and wrote letters to his family explaining that the reason he had not contacted them was because he was ill, and she maintained a room and board business taking in 40 new tenants, and Gilmouse's body remained unidentified for three years. God, she was like... Madame Macabre, like but, what the crap? And that they, there's still more because she continued to accept, accept elderly tenants and was popular with the local social workers because she accepted tough cases, you know, including drug addicts and abusive tenants. She collected tenants' monthly mail before they saw it and paid them stipends, pocketing the rest for expenses. During this period, parole agents went and visited Puente, who had been ordered to stay away from the elderly and refrain from handling government checks a minimum of 15 times at the residence. No violations were ever noted. And suspicion was the first aroused when neighbors noticed the odd activities of a homeless alcoholic known only <laughs> as Chief. Well, you know, Chief was acting weird the other day. <laughs> he was he was walking around, and I can't be sure, but I think he was poisoned. <laughs> she, well, Puente stated that she had adopted and made her personal handyman. Puente had Chief dig in the basement and cart soil rubbish away. She had a drunk guy dig her graves. The Her basement was covered with a concrete slab, and Chief later took down a garage in the backyard and installed a fresh concrete slab there as well. Soon afterwards, Chief disappeared. Oh, man. So he, he literally dug his own grave. Probably that, so. So what is her kill count at? Um, I can go to her arrest and imprisonment part now, dear. Do you want to like? Do you want me to send you the link and you can read? Yeah, page? send me the link to that. Like that's that's fascinating that Sacramento. Track. Yeah, Sacramento's got some. Uh, and it's cool that it's like a woman because you normally hear about like just oh. guys being serial killers, and this is like an elderly lady. Okay, but this woman... Like, okay. she looks like your Mima. Like, she's just the most adorable thing ever. Oh, my God. She does look like the most adorable thing she's ever. You know like, what, though? She just had... a sweet old lady. Is like, you'd never expect that someone that looks like that much of a sweet old lady would freaking kill you. Her other name is the Death House Landlady. She had nine confirmed victims, but possibly as many as 15 total. What's interesting about that is for you know you don't really you, you're right you don't really hear about women being serial killers and i think a lot of times when you do it's usually because there's so much like pent-up rage and so much yeah. repressed anger and that kind of thing that they just sort of uh take it out on, on the world around them i yeah. this well, woman she doesn't look like she would be a cold calculating killer and she's definitely not like a eileen warnios or anything like that so I'm kind of interesting I'm kind of interested in how she went about 
I guess she gave them like. I mean, she died in 1982 in prison from natural causes. I'm kind of wondering how she killed people. I think she probably did poison. Did the go the poisoning route? Well, That's... and typically women do. They go. Uh, they, they tend to poison a lot more than men do. Yeah. Um. So that's just that's very interesting. That's very interesting. I'm gonna have to go check that uh, the, the house out because yeah, like you yeah. should you should fucking take a tour of that, and then we should talk about that. That sounds like fucking that sounds if like it's if good. it's tourable. That or I can just walk by and take pictures of it. Because you fucking know you. Well, I don't. You don't know, but like it, it sounds like some place that people would want to be like the famous death house of blah blah. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a uh, interesting, interesting indeed. There's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on around Sacramento. There's is there anything else that we can move on after? That was a that was kind of a a downer topic, but that was a downer topic. But you know what? That's okay. Not every topic can be an upper topic. Exactly. We can sometimes uh, you sometimes you have to mix those uppers and downers. Just ask Dorothea Puente. Yes, exactly. I bet uh, Jim Jones had been a big fan of her. Poisoning. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's a disturbing video when you watch it. Somebody had like posted something on Facebook the other day about how they were listening to this rap song. And it was like hardcore rap, but they were just like singing about the gay shit. It was like gay lyrics. And I was like that, and they said it was funny. I was like, "Wait, what was the artist's name?" Like, I don't know. Just type in "gay rap" on YouTube, and I was like, "Let's hope I spell rap right." (laughs) 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 And instead, instead, what you get is like how to make the most ostentatious gift wrapping of your life. It's like so professionally done and it starts off like, hi, my name is Brandon and I'm going to walk you through how to do the most charming gift wrap you've ever seen. Are you ready, guys and gals? Here we go. And it's like, oh my God, I clicked the wrong thing. Okay. So I, I, out of curiosity, of course, I Googled it and I I only found like some parody videos, but I'm going to play a clip from (laughs) And, and get your get your reaction to it. Let, oh my god! Let's see if we find this. This you just like up. ruining my day. I don't love you? ruining your day sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you, are you re- are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Let, okay, let's I'm get gonna, this train wreck rolling. Oh, let's. So this is like a remix of a Takashi Six Nine video because you know he's a. Uh, Known for being a infamous snitch. Snitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched the documentary on him. It wasn't that bad, but yeah, he's a he just snitched on a bunch of people. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna listen to this. It's a gummo gay remix. Okay. <laughs> so, so are you ready? I'm ready. All right. It's stiffy, uh, come real sticky, uh. Get me a booty hole, sticky What? What? Oh God! What the fuck? What? Pop my booty like a willy nigga. I'm a really nigga in the bed with them booty killers and the booty. Oh my! Wake up, taking booty pictures in the nudies, nigga. You're so dude, you were losing. They 
fucking poop straight on my nigga dick. I'm what the fuck? This is all he really used me for and kicked me off the door. I don't want him, you can keep the nigga's dick is really small. Oh my god, this is terrible. Okay, this is okay. So, I'm gonna go ahead and stop it right there. Yeah, thank you for that. Enough of that. Oh my god, I feel like. I, I feel like this somehow sets back rights for multiple groups <laughs> many years. Just many just many years. I I, um, I, I I would concur, but you have to admit it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's terrible, but oh, it, it's hilarious. I don't even bad. I don't even understand like, it's hilariously bad. It's uh, so like the, why would you make that? I I don't know. Like if it okay, so if it were witty or if it were actually like make making some sort of like poignant or not it's really not, poignant it's like making some all. sort of like like cool no this is just bad this is just this is just bad um that the line that stuck out is i poop straight on his dick like what the fuck first of all first of all that's not anything to be proud of okay <laughs> Like that's a big faux pas, I would guess. I mean, for some people, yeah. Some people, like some people, actually are like, no, no, that's cool. I like it when you do that. But, oh. but, no, I, I, I knew one guy. He was just like, no, nah, it's cool. I, I, I like, like, no, that's not cool with me. So, um, uh, I think, yeah, it's like it to me. That's like cringy on like a on like a a. Just, it's just that's just very cringy. That's like it was, it was that's almost as worse. That's almost as bad. In fact, actually, no. This is worse, worse than Chet. Oh my God! Really? That was worse. All right, worse than Chet Hanks. Okay. So I think I think this is what we should do. Okay. Chet we'll, Hanks should, should make be our a video. Like Chet, that. Chet Hanks should be our like measurement for if something is bad. Okay. Is it worse than Chet Hanks? Oh. And this this is worse than Chet Hanks. I, I, I could uh, I could probably agree with you there. I mean, I I just saw something funny on Facebook and thought I'd look it up, and I was like, I'll, I'll share this with you on the podcast and get your thoughts on it. My thoughts are worse than Chet Hanks. <laughs> worse than Wor Chet Worse Hanks. than Chet Hanks. So, like... That'll be so a new like, segment. Is it worse than Chet Hanks? Is it worse than Chet Hanks? Molly Cyrus better than chet hanks oh really oh yeah this, definitely definitely molly cyrus this is like no this is just i don't molly know. molly cyrus is funny yeah it is it's a pretty funny song we could play a clip of it on here but i won't subject our listeners to that so just look up molly cyrus do it, it. You're, you'll you're, be treating yourself for the rest it, of your life mentally. you know what it's you, you know what's really really funny i i this okay so like when I go back to rap and I think of like things that have made me like absolutely die laughing when it comes to rap, there is a movie called Dead and Breakfast. It's one of my favorite fucking movies ever. And uh, there's a song in it called, I believe, Moonshine Whiskey, I think. And it is like, okay, so let me set up the premise. There's zombies, right? And they're singing about eating you. Like a and zombie lying, musical. Yes. At, well, there's a musical part in it, and there are and they're line dancing while they're pull it up. Pull it up. Wait, no. What is it again? 
It is Moonshine. I believe it's called Moonshine Whiskey. I believe. On YouTube? Yeah. Uh, Dead and Breakfast Moonshine Whiskey should pull it up. All right. We'll play a clip from... Coming to Kill You. Do that. Coming to coming, Kill You. Coming to Kill You. Dead, Dead and Breakfast Coming to Kill You. And and the second video will show like the uh, the dead and breakfast zombie line dance. That's the one you want to click because you want you absolutely have to see the line dance in order for it to make. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna share screen. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna get this reaction from me because. Um, oh, you're. You're, you're going to like this. Okay. You're in let's, for a treat. Let's let's see. It's one minute and forty five seconds long. So. Okay, so they're hiding from the zombies in this scene, and they're about to start singing. Uh-oh. So they've made homemade shotguns. Uh-oh. Here we go. I think I remember this. I think I've seen this. You might have watched it with me. Probably. Uh-oh. Uh. Humans taste like trout. I don't know about that, but I know buttholes taste like pennies. I think they taste like almonds. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, wow. This isn't bad. Oh, my God. That just made... I, I hate country line dancing. So bad, but that's like a throwback to thriller, kind of. Oh my god. I don't like country line dancing. It's so bad. What are they doing? They're fucking line dancing, you dumb bitch. What do you think they're doing? Those are like. I love, I love how she has a tambourine. Yeah. And she's not playing it. Oh shit, somebody's got the harmonica. And like That's it. Oh stop. Okay, so is that is that better or worse than Chet Hanks? Oh that's way fucking better than Chet Hanks, man. Oh, so much better than Chet Hanks. I could <laughs> like I can I go I could probably fuck with that because that was actually somewhat musically talented. It it had a good beat to it and all that. It was yeah. way better than the the that the remix of that freaking oh god song. yeah was that, just like yeah that was that was terrible it was bad so, yeah, and yeah, it was bad and and you know the the funny thing is is that whole movie has actually like a lot of music in it and it's it's done by the same guy but it's pretty decent music it's like really good music all the way through the movie yeah it actually has david carradine in it <laughs> oh david carradine and Rest and i believe face. his kids yeah yeah you 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 were the kung fu legend. He was died to died masturbating. Yeah, he unlike Derek, he didn't know when to tap out. Wait, Derek? Oh, oh, we should tell a Derek story. So. The day when he threw up on me. Oh, uh, we told that one already. I don't know. I we're don't... coming coming up on a almost uh, hours of normal 
length for an episode. Maybe we should have, we should think about our best Derek story from next our, for next episode. That most sounds good. Story. Our, That's what we'll do next next week. I I can remember a really or, short story. Okay, I remember that one time when he got so mad, and I don't remember where it was. Slash, I do remember, but we shouldn't say. But he got so mad. At, at work that he ripped a stall door off of the <laughs> men's room. I remember hearing this story too. He he got so mad at work that he went into the bathroom and straight up just ripped a door, like a stall door, off its hinges. He was a he was something else. Maybe he'll listen to the podcast one day. Who knows? But anyway, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, just render me coming up again tomorrow night. We'll be uh, doing episode seven, I think. And then after that, we'll be taking a few weeks off for Christmas. And then we'll be coming back with eight, nine, and ten. We'll be finishing up that season. Uh, and just my music is normal. That's uh, on SoundCloud and most other places where you get music. That's I-Z-M-E-I-A-H, Brown. Uh, so look me up. All right, and you can catch me on a few podcasts probably coming out. Tangents with Spencer Sellins and Midnight Movie Night with Kevin Heisinger. You can both go subscribe to those podcasts as well as mine. Anywhere you can get podcasts. If you're going to go on Apple Podcasts, please give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment and tell me what you think because that's apparently how you can get noticed if you like it drop me a line tell me things that you want to hear us talk about uh things that you don't want to hear us talk about which if you <laughs> tell us stuff you don't want to hear us talk about we're I gonna may talk, just about, talk it. about it just to spite you so yeah just if you like us tell us if you don't like us just don't tell also us tell us well i mean tell us but we're not gonna let that bother us no, not at all, because we're no. actually going to own it. We're going yeah, to own, gonna it. own it. We'll be like, we'll own up to that shit. But yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure making this. Thank you so much for listening. Got anything else you want to say to him, guy? Love you. Love you guys. Peace out.